Welcome back to Talking Lead. This is episode 74, and left hand's running late. Not that that ever happens here. <laughs> but I'm going to go ahead and introduce our guest today, and he's going to help me kind of intro everything and do our beginning segments. We've got Kenny Yates from VetMade Ammo here with us. How's it going, Kenny? Doing great. Did you do anything fun with guns this week? Uh, just a lot of ballistic testing. We've been out chronoing different uh, rounds and making sure our product quality is up where it needs to be, and it's it's kind of a job. <laughs> nice. That's probably an important thing when you're making ammo. It's hugely important, but it's know, not like it's, they're explosive. Yeah, right? when you have to be out there in the heat <laughs> shooting, uh, regardless of whether you want to or not, it's it's a job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess it's kind of a good thing that uh, left hand's late because this week we asked everybody. No, he's walking in the door. He is here. I told you I was close. Oh. Yeah, but sometimes oh, sometimes hey. close is. Did you come bearing gifts? For you. Yeah, have some Fritos. Have some Fritos? <laughs> <laughs> so like I was saying before Left Hand came in, we asked everybody what they did with guns, but... Thanks for waiting. What'd you do with guns, Hoss? Well, that's kind of why I asked everybody else what they did with <laughs> I've been doing yard work for the past week and a half. I did some yard work this week, too. I did a lot of yard work. Our I'm backyard still was like doing a it. That's why I was late. I'm getting into small engine repair, apparently. So... Going down the list of the leadheads that answered on Facebook, we got Brian Bolivar, Bolivar. Sounds like a damn Canadian. It sounds like a Canadian, something like that. <laughs> he says he hates Toby Lee because he can shoot a DAL and I can't. Took my daughter to the range. It's supposed last to be an FAL. If That's you'll what read I the thought. One before that, read, okay, they're not all showing up. Read Toby's. It's no, not showing up. up. Here, let me pull it up. Oh, they're backwards. They're backwards. Okay, so I'll start with Toby Lee. Toby spent some time with my dad at the range and introduced a few new friends to the Desert Eagle. Oh, and I shot an FAL for the first time. Well, then the Canuck calls it a DAL, which I was like, I must be a Canadian term or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But he did take his daughter to the range and last weekend and did preparation and organization work for the upcoming competitions. Then our buddy Matt Klein, who we hadn't talked to in a long time, he was one of the judges, wasn't he's he, been, on the AR? He's been keeping uh, in touch with us on Facebook. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he passed all five phases of firearms training at the police academy. Congratulations, brother. Way to go. Matt Klein, you can be a cop now? He already is. Oh, Matt Klein, you're a cop now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Told you that. David Ellis bought his first Mosin Nagant. Congrats. Chris Lavorn spent the day with Condition One Firearms Training in Franklin. He invited us to that, but we were with the uh, Two Vets Arms guys. Uh, Douglas. Douglas. What are you uh, talking about? I don't know. Douglas Hunley. This I, thing on? Yeah. I don't think my stuff's on here. Yeah, it's on. I'm not hearing anything. I'm seeing you. All right. Douglas Hunley, I bought a new AK and took tomorrow off so I could spend the day at the range with it. Jan Michael Dennis, he bought a new Savage Model 11 Hog Hunter and 308. Damn sweet shooting rifle. And picked up a used Keltec PF9. A used Keltec uh-huh. PF9. So I want to know how that's shooting for you, man. Send us a message. Jim Jamie Somerville, he got an amazing deal on a CZ 75 P01. Picking it up tomorrow because glory to the 10-day waiting period in California. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it says if you guys ever want a correspondent behind enemy lines in the gun control capital of the country, I'm your man. <laughs> we may just take you up on that, Jim. Jim Jamie. I bet that's him and his wife. What do you think? Probably. Jim Jamie. And you got Doug Jeffries. Did you read his? Nope. Said he carried every day, busy with work. Ryan Dubay. 
Would you, is that how you say that? Uh, yeah, I'd say Dubay. Ryan Dubay. He traded a rifle for a fancy fishing pole. How about nice. them apples, he says. It's not a bad trade, I guess, if you got some cash with it. Mm-mm. Unless it was maybe a high point. Then Kenneth T. Hope, he's going to Cavern Cove Rimfire for the A1 or AI? AI, I guess. Or AL, Alabama State Rimfire match. Gotcha. Oh, Alabama okay. State. Okay. And then cool. Ra- Rafael, Rafael Gonzalez, please no banana. <laughs> And if you want to know what he's talking about, no. Are you explain the picture? No, if you want to know what he's talking about, go to our Facebook page. You'll see it on there. There's one other that was on there. I don't see it on there anymore. Uh, a Mr. Dean Brantley from Two Vets Arms said, "I spent the week fixing a what rifle. Happened? Yeah, what I spent happened to the that? week fixing a rifle that left hand broke. Did he take that down? <laughs> I don't know. Somebody must have. I didn't take it down. I didn't either. He must have retracted his statement. <laughs> Maybe he didn't fix it. <laughs> that was fun breaking that though. Yeah, it was. It was really fun watching it. it. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey. Especially the look on your face. You're like, you just have this I look like, oh, Because sh- <laughs> <laughs> we were joking around before that how I have a knack of breaking things. Yeah. And, and he's like, all right, left hand, take it out and break it. <laughs> and sure sh- I broke it. <laughs> all right. Time for Jack Wagon Train. Who Ralph Zipper Pie, do or die, hold them high at 8th and I. It is time for the Talking Lead Jack Wagon of the Week, so brace yourself, baby. So our Jack Wagon of the Week this week goes without saying. Anybody that has had the uh, the gumption to press the play button on those videos of these ISIS guys in Iraq that are pretty much taking over cities. So tell me what, what I haven't heard about this. It, it's pretty I've sick. It's been deep it, It's so sick that Al-Qaeda has renounced them. That's how crazy really? these are because they're going and just randomly they're driving down the road they're filming it with AKs just shooting up random cars whether they're Iraqi Muslim Christian armed whatever He's, they're just killing everybody and they're taking over cities trying to take back Iraq but uh, pretty much it's it's, it's insane nuts. and apparently there's a lot more money behind these guys than there was Al Qaeda because they're like they've got Movie level, so you really level think it's just a bunch on. of hoodlums going around shooting people up, or it's no, some it's kind organized. of strategically organized yeah, plan by probably Al Qaeda, or no, they've renounced. Being that well funded, and they, they've got to have an end goal. Uh, oh, yeah. Nothing yeah. in life is free, so they're, somebody is getting what they there's want. There's a reason the they're doing it. They're more well funded than any other terrorist group that has done anything. I mean, like they're doing movie level productions. They've even said that instead of using like IEDs. They've got weapons-grade military-level explosives that they're using to blow crap really? up. Yeah. There's a lot of money back in these guys, and they, they're just ruthless. There's no rhyme or reason to what they're doing. ISIS is jack of the week. Yeah, they need to be. Yeah. We got our asses all over there now and all of our attention well, over in Iraq. So Pulled them out. Pulled everybody out of Balad. <clears throat> Balad. <laughs> pulled everybody out of Balad, Balad this, uh, was it Monday? Yeah, but you don't think they're going to go back. No, we're going back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're right. just... They pulled everybody out to see what the heck. These uh, I've seen were. firsthand what they do when the U.S. pulls out in Afghanistan. Uh, locals come in and just tear it out the frame. Uh, there's no military or government control over anything really. Really, once the U.S. pulls out, and I've I've never personally served in Iraq, um, but I've got several close friends that have, and they reported you know the similar stuff going on over there. And these guys were actually the ones responsible for uh, appropriating U.S. funds to pay for all the improvements to the bases. So that the Iraqis could then come in and just 
basically loot and destroy everything. Right. Um, it, it's a, it's the biggest cluster. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Let's add, let's talk a little bit about you first, Kenny, and then we got a, some subject matter that I threw out there on Instagram that we can talk about. It's gonna be fun, and then we'll talk a little bit about your company. Okay. So, first question that we ask everybody is, how did you originally get in firearms? Uh, originally into firearms, it had to have been you know, from an early age. I think I remember my dad taking me out shooting once or twice, just enough to pretty much make me want to go do it more, not enough to satiate the, the desire. Uh, from there, into the military, and just always like things that go boom. Mm-hmm. Um, more specifically into ammunition and reloading, I've got a couple of close friends, uh, Jim Donnelly and Bruce Watson. Both are uh, expert hand loaders and before I ever bought the first piece of equipment or loaded the first round, I kind of hung around them and, and uh, lack of a better term, somewhat apprenticed with them, um, trying to learn everything that they knew and then did a lot of reading uh, to get into it. And it still every day is a learning day, but it's uh, gotten a whole lot easier. You know, sure. once you get the core concepts and things down, it's, you can always expand upon your, your knowledge base. Do you remember what your first firearm was? The first one that I ever purchased that was mine. Um, no, just the one you, maybe your dad gave you or your grandpa or somebody. Uh, my first one that you could call yours. Oh, that would be a little Keltec, uh, what P thirty two. It's oh, been the, so long ago. The little the nine. Three AT. P three AT. Three eighty is what it is. No, it's a nine millimeter. You had the nine. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. So that, yeah, that yeah. Would be the, um, the other not a bad gun, not a great gun. It went boom when you pulled the trigger, but fit and finish were a little bit sketchy at the time. This was uh, 15 years ago. Still have um, I do not. I wish that I did. Uh, the reason I bought it, I went to the local shop, and having never actually purchased a firearm for myself before, I asked the guy behind the counter what he carried, and he pulled one off his ankle. This was really before a lot of the smaller subcompact frames started to proliferate the market. Yeah, 15 years so, ago. Um, yeah, that's what he carried and on his advice, and the gun served me well. I never had any issues with it. So you looted to the military background tell us uh, a little bit about your oh yeah uh, career pogue <laughs> uh definitely uh, u.s army finance we carried money all over theater i did go outside the wire so i wasn't a hobbit we usually would catch rides with uh infantry squads as they went on patrol to get from point a to point b um i was the guy that everybody wanted to see for casual payments and uh payday advances that kind of thing i also did local contract payments um on some levels um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. We we just hold money. It's. Do you ever make out a payment that you were just like, what the hell? Uh, seeing some of the later, <laughs> I got a chance to work briefly in the uh, contracting office and seeing some of the payments for the rented SUVs we used in Afghanistan uh, to the tune of thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars a month when Holy we had a motor shit. pool full of perfectly good Humvees. Yeah. But instead, we were renting these vehicles, performing all of our own maintenance on these vehicles fuel and everything and then with one got still paying them 30 if one got blown up we bought them a new vehicle to replace it after okay yeah and these things were not showroom condition these were typical afghani vehicles they were they were get you slightly toyota tacomas uh yeah white toyota tacomas but it's it's some of the stuff you see there it's it's crazy do you ever have to do a payout where you were to ask no questions i didn't no um I've like got, in a briefcase, I, handcuffed. Some buddies of mine did do some funding for some special folks over there, but they knew so little about it, they probably couldn't even tell you who they were. Right. Um, but I never had that experience. And when it comes to pop culture, whether it's movies, TV shows, video games, 
magazines, books, if it's related to firearms, what's your go-to? What's your favorite? Well, because uh, when it comes to art, I prefer realism. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the animated series Archer. The uh, weapons <laughs> yes, and, and hardware that they have on there is so well depicted and so accurate when you look at it. I just get a kick out of it. I mean, you know, these guys are spending a lot of time drawing this stuff to make it look like it does and I just kind of appreciate the effort they put into it Archer is awesome yeah I've yeah. only seen a couple of episodes but oh yeah you gotta get I've into never Archer watched it. oh it's funny man it's hilarious you, I'm surprised you hadn't watched it since you're such a big James Bond guy cause he's kind yeah, of like an, a comedy though it's a com- comic American drunk James Bond kind of guy yeah. yeah is there a firearm that you currently own or ever have owned that maybe just a little bit of you is ashamed to admit to owning two. I have probably the ugliest and most beat up uh, Remington 770 rifle. It's chambered in 270 Winchester. The gun is ugly. It's cheap, but it shoots sub them away with hand loads. Nice. And I've killed more deer with that one particular hunting rifle than anything else I've ever owned. Well, hell, um, you'd be proud on that. I'm man. ashamed to pull it out of the case <laughs> until I hand it to someone and let them put it on a bench and and send something down range with it and see that it, it you yeah. know it'll group group a clover leaf at a a hundred yards and that's with a two hundred fifty dollar rifle. Yeah. But uh, is it yeah, got the wood furniture on it? No, and no, it's got a uh, plastic. It's yeah, okay. Yeah, it's it's real top end. Well, I'll um, tell you, man, camel form. Camel that's the form. Way to go. Camel form will dress up anything. Yeah, I think a trade in would be a better option on this one. But the gun shoots great. If you're still shooting for a high point. MOA, yeah, and it you know that's with hand loads. Factory ammo is all over the place, but we've spent a lot of time working up a load for that rifle uh, to get it to shoot as good as it does. And you know, there's no reason to get rid of that. Probably killed 25 deer with it in the last three years. It's just nice. It's just a slayer. Has there ever been a gun that you got rid of that you wish you had back? I wish that I had held on to the original Keltec that I had, not because of any particular. Uh, form quality a function of it but just because it was my original original firearm that i ever ever purchased for myself all right bucket list what is your next gotta have want to have firearm anything can be anything that's a hard one um i have to admit my own ignorance i haven't quite studied uh the larger long-range calibers enough to make my decision i do know that it's going to be hand-built by a buddy of mine um by Charles Gatlin, as soon as I can afford to. Charles Gatlin, like of Gatlin, Gatlin guns. guns, yeah, really? Petersburg, Tennessee. Yeah, Charles is a good guy, an awesome gunsmith. Um, he's done a little bit of work for me, and every time he's exceeded expectations. But um, I'd like to have one of his custom rifles one day when I can plop down the money to. Heck yeah. To afford one, that's the big thing. That'd be a good intro. Yeah, and I would probably put myself in his capable hands and helping me determine the caliber and all that uh, because it would be a, a play gun. It would so is he like third generation? Charles Gatlin? Uh-huh. Uh, nothing I know of. He's got to be at least second. Because he's not the original Gatlin gun guy. Yeah, because that was the 1800s. Yeah. No, 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 no. Uh, he don't think he has any relation to him. Oh, oh. Well, shit, I thought that's what I was getting at. <laughs> no, the, uh, he's the just a gun family. <laughs> he's just a real good gunsmith and owns okay. a little shop, Gatlin Guns and Archery out in Or is it the Gatlin Brothers? No. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, he's got a, a very recognizable last name, especially, especially in being gun. a firearm. Yeah. yeah. All right, so I put out a question on Instagram, and it absolutely blew up. And I was like, you know what? This will be a good conversation for the show. And so what I asked was, list. I, I put a picture of Arnold Schwarzenegger from Terminator Two with the with the minigun. I said, list your top three fictional gunslingers of all time, and we got a ton of responses. Top three gunslingers? Top three fictional gunslingers. All right, let's, let's give ours first. All right, go for it. 
All right. The Lone Ranger. Okay. Is my top number one. Number two, I would probably have to go with. Dang, this is tough. I know. Outlaw Josie Wells. Okay. You know he's, he's fictional. Yeah. He's up there. He's a gunslinger. And number three, this is completely unprepared, as you can tell. Mm-hmm. Man, there's so many ne- people coming to mind right now. I have to go with John McClane. I had one guy that said. From, from uh, Die Hard. Die Hard. Die Hard. I had one Bruce guy Lee. on Instagram said, John McClane, John McClane. Oh, and John McClane. <laughs> <laughs> so I think he likes Die Hard. If you had to list them, what would you say, Ken? I have no idea. <laughs> I hate to slow it down. I'm just sitting here thinking about it. Uh-oh. Archer. We'll, we'll skip <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah. yeah, go ahead Think and skip me it. on that one. So mine, I'm going to say first and foremost, Dirty Harry. Harry Callahan. Dirty Harry Callahan. I'm going to go first with him. Second. The Gauntlet. Wasn't that Dirty, Dirty Harry? The Gauntlet? Mm, was it a Gauntlet? There was like five know. of them. I don't know. But, I mean, he had the best attitude. I mean, he's just like, he didn't give a shit before not giving a shit was cool. And now everybody doesn't give a shit. Every character's based on him now. I got to throw another one in there. Second one. Let me get my third. All right, I'll get to throw another one in, though. Frank Castle, who is? Punisher. The Punisher. The third one, and I don't know his name. I may have to look it up. But have you seen the movie? Shoot him up. 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 It's, it's, it's is it new? What is his name? Clive, o- Clive, uh, Clive Owen? Yeah, Clive Owen's in it. And the whole time he's got a baby and he's like... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just constant shooting. There's nonstop action in that movie. I love that movie. It's kind yeah. of like an underrated film, but it's one of my favorites. Yeah, that was a good movie. So who's your other one? For TV, you ever watch the TV show Psych? Yeah. Lassiter. <laughs> I love Lassiter. Lassie. Lassie. Yeah. I was, I was sad when they... Uh, canceled that show well at least they got to have a finale unlike firefly which yeah firefly you know what i've been getting into firefly ever since joe Mm -hmm. mentioned that i watched all the whole series i watched the movie and then i watched there's like this um this like documentary thing Mm -hmm. on how the fans got behind it and Mm -hmm. got them to do the movie i'm gonna scratch i don't know i'm gonna put a tie for harry callahan and one other i know i'm gonna make up my own rules Raylan Givens from Just a Ride. There you go. He would definitely be one of my picks right there. Raylan's tied with Harry Callahan for first. He's one of my tops right there. Yeah, that's a good character. I have not watched that in two years, I guess the last two seasons. It's the greatest show in the world, man. I know, I love it. I love it. The last season was really good. We quit watching about halfway through because we got into something else. Game of Thrones? Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's not gunslingers, though, but it's good. They're slinging, though. Slinging blades. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> the best the best answer was guy his his tag is H Kyle 22 cuz it's fictional gunslingers. Mm-hmm. His top 3 fictional gunslingers are Diane Feinstein, <laughs> Leland Yee, and Eric Holder. <laughs> there you go. And then Sage Dynamics said Mal, Mal. Yeah, from Firefly. And Raylan. Raylan Givens. Yeah. Um, That's just two. What's three? Well, he said Mal gets two spots. He loves it so much, I guess. Double Mal? Mm-hmm. I mean, we could go to the comic books, too, and then, I mean, we could be here all day. Oh, yeah. That's why I thought it'd be an awesome subject. Like, yeah. someone else said... Uh, you got to limit that to, like, all right, movies, TV, or comic books. Well, you got... Or pick one from each. Yeah, that One said Corbin one. Dallas from... Uh, Corbin Dallas. Corbin Dallas. Uh, what's that movie with Bruce Willis where he's in, in space? Um, Armageddon? No, it's like a futuristic movie. It's got Mila Jovovich and the white spandex crap. Oh, um, 
Gary Oldman. Yeah, he's the bad guy. Gary Oldman's Corbin the bad Dallas guy. is is his character. Okay. And then some of them were like books. Owen Z. Pitt is a is a monster slayer in the Monster Hunter series. I think I can't read. Bobby Lee Swagger. <laughs> Bobby, name yeah, name that movie. Uh, oh, shooter. The shooter. Yeah, shooter. yeah shooter. Marky go. Mark. Uh, Marshall Matt Dillon. Yeah. Which who's that? Marshall. Marshall Mount. Matt Marshall. Dillon? He's a Marshall. He's Matt Dillon, the Marshall. Is that a real character though? Yeah. Uh, oh, no, but I mean, is that a real life person? No, no. Oh, okay. I think he's fictional because there was a TV. Matt. Um, I can't remember the name of that guy that played him. He was, he was kind of a John Wayne-ish looking dude. Oh, Gunsmoke. Yeah. Hmm. There you go. Okay. That's fictional. That'll work. Oh. Both brothers from Boondock Saints. Oh, well, yeah. hell yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's another good one I didn't think of. The Mariachi from Desperado. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. He, was, he was a badass. That and was then, awesome. <laughs> the one that I just died laughing when what I read about, What about um, Neo? Is that his name? From uh, Matrix? Yeah. I, mean, I think someone said that on that one. But pretty good. <laughs> Ruiner AR15 on Instagram said, The mom first from Stopper, my mom will shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Who was that? Uh, was that one of the Golden Busby? Girls? Ruth Busby? What no, you, I thought it was one of the Golden Girls. Yeah. It was Estelle Getty, wasn't it? Yeah. Estelle Getty, yeah, there you go. go. Good call. Yeah. One guy said The Three Amigos. That's his top three. So that was an interesting one, which I love The Three Amigos. Would you say I have a plethora of piñata? Badges. Do you, know, no do you badges. know what a plethora is? <laughs> Dirty Harry, of course. So what would you say the most named Dirty Harry? Shockingly enough, probably Mal. Really? A lot of these gun guys on Instagram are Firefly fans. Sweet. Raylan, Dirty Harry, Mal. Frank Castle came up a lot. Bob Lee Swagger was probably the biggest. Was he really? Yeah. Shooter. They got to do another one of those. Reaper Outdoors. I don't know if it was Ron, John, or Doug. Chewbacca, the man with no name, and Major Scott McCoy, Delta Force. Major Scott McCoy, Delta Force. Major Scott McCoy from Delta Force. Chuck Norris. Oh, Chuck Norris. Yeah, Chuck Norris' character. Man, I've not watched that probably since it came out. Uh, Outlaw Josie Wells. He's right along the lines with you. Yeah. James Bond. We hadn't said James Bond. Well, damn it. Of course, he's like. Oh, my he'll slap one. a woman in a heartbeat, but he doesn't shoot a whole lot. No. James? Yeah, James is more. He'll, of shoot, a, he'll shoot stuff and blow it up. The, oh. the, the newer one is more apt to shoot. To shoot. Yeah, yeah. but that's not real James Bond. you got to go back to Roger Moore and Sean Connery. Sean to, Connery is like Sean the Connery. number one. Yeah. And then I like the new one. Uh, I like Pierce also. Pierce was my favorite. I, he was he was the. I really uh, thought he'd take off. I think he's yeah. my number three. Well, he did, and everybody was loving him, and I think he just he backed get, out. He was getting old. They wanted to keep it young. Snake Plissken. Mm. I didn't even think about that one. Mm-hmm. From Escape from L.A., Escape mm-hmm. from New York. He was a badass too. He kind of had that. I don't give a crap attitude. Um, I loved him in Captain Ron, Captain Ron. Yep. Captain Ron. That was a great movie. Lone Wolf McQuaid. Chuck Norris again. Another Chuck Norris. And Invasion USA, his character in that. I think Chuck Norris is winning, but it's with but different Nobody characters. said Rambo. I can't believe that. No, yeah, there's a Rambo here. No, is there a Rambo? Yep. Okay. John Rambo. Got to give Sly some creds. <laughs> Cleric Preston from Equilibrium. Mm, that's got me at a blank. That was Rob Pincus' favorite movie, and I went and watched it. Equilibrium? Yeah. It had um, Christian Bale in it. It had. Uh, it's an interesting it's a movie. Futuristic yeah, it's deal. futuristic. The gunfighting is pretty cool. It's hmm. almost Matrix, Matrix like before the Matrix was even. Is it on out. Netflix? Uh huh. I gotta watch it. I haven't seen it yet. It's it's. I wouldn't put it as one of my favorites, but it's worth a watch. Yeah. 
Yeah. Just a little different. Yeah. So I got to take quick. James Bond is number two on mine. Okay. Right behind the Lone Ranger. Uh, any Steven Seagal role. <laughs> 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 Sorry, Squints, but we all laughed at that one. <laughs> Simon Phoenix. Who's Simon Phoenix? Simon Phoenix. I don't know. I have to look that one up too. Come up with some good ones though. Mm-hmm. Oh man, this thing blew up. Like I put it on there, and within five minutes, it had like thirty responses. That's the way the Facebook one did too. Oh, he's a uh, demolition man. Oh, Wesley Snipes character. Yeah, Wesley demolition Snipes. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta laugh at that one too. <laughs> That's if there was Steven Seagal. Oh my gosh! But that was probably one of Wesley Snipes' best characters. I in my no, opinion. white man can't jump was his best. Cut character. Steven a break. He's fighting crime nowadays on his little reality show. That's. He's, he's been doing he's that really for a, a while. Cop too, yeah, right? that's what's yeah. sad. I yeah. mean, I, I give him credit for that. Mm. This one has women and men. Women, Lara Croft. Lara Croft. Raider, oh, definitely. Yeah. Sarah Connor from Terminator. But which Sarah Connor? The one from the TV show or the one from the movies? Yeah. The one I think the one, the one from the movies, movies was more bad. of a badass. She's hard, yeah. yeah. I liked her. The one from the TV show is the the queen from Game of Thrones. That's Sarah Connor from the TV is show. Is it really? Yeah. Um, oh, what's her name? She's Sarah Connor? She's mm-hmm. too old to be Sarah Connor, isn't she? Mm-mm. I thought they were doing like a young Sarah Connor. No, this was like five years ago. Sarah Connor Chronicles. It got canceled. It wasn't that good. Huh. But uh, she was Sarah Connor. And then Celine from Wonderworld, which that would probably be my top Celine gun chick. Celine from Wonderworld. Underworld. Where she's a vampire. And oh, she's, yeah. She that hunts chick. Yeah, she's werewolves. hot. Yeah. What's her name? Uh, Kate Beckinsale. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, Alex Murphy from RoboCop came up a few times. I don't know if they're talking about the old RoboCop or the new RoboCop. New RoboCops. I didn't watch it because so many people said it sucked, so I didn't I watch liked it. it. I mean, but I like the old RoboCop. It just I, I wish the new one had more of that cheesy, like, 80s crap in it. <laughs> that made it more like a robotic ninja than a... Slow. Really? Yeah. Another one's Snake Bliskin instead of Bliskin? Snake Bliskin. <laughs> typo. We'll give him Ooh, a typo on it. Martin Riggs. Lethal Martin, Weapon. Yeah, lethal Weapon. Mm-hmm. Making the smiley face with the Beretta. Somebody said it has to be the specifically the Terminator 2 Arnold. Somebody said that one. Okay. Now on that one... Was that the good good guy, mm-hmm. Terminator, when you turned good guy? Yeah, I, I like... I think Terminator 2 is my most favorite of all the Terminators. The, the motorcycle scenes where he's got the lever-action shotgun. Mm-hmm. He's just flipping it. I mean, I Aren't they it. supposed to be doing another one? That's what I heard. We talked about it last episode. I can't wait to see the Conan. Here's another one where they use the same character for all three ones. Jack Bauer, Jack Bauer, and Jack Bauer. Jack Bauer, yeah. 24. Charles Bronson and any of his movies. Roland DeShane from The Dark Tower series i think that's like a stephen king book or something like that I'm not sure it's like a western i don't know I could so nobody wrong. has said um oh crap well who's the one before that that you said uh jack bauer yeah jack charles bauer. bronson Char- yeah, um the president of the nra for forever chuck charlton heston, charlton oh, charlton heston. heston. yeah no nobody, nobody said did. charlton heston somebody did say quigley Okay. Uh, what's his name? Tom Selleck's character. Magnum P.I. Yeah. Oh, right. that's another He's one. my number three. All right. Han, Han Solo. That's a good one, too. He's up there, yeah. Vincent Vega. Oh, yeah. Pulp Fiction. <laughs> what was, was that? Did you see the movie from Paris with Love? I think it's what it's called. Mm-hmm. With uh, John Travolta. Where he's John got the Travolta head. and that three-name dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was in one of those like Game of Thrones uh, shows. 
but he was he was badass in that movie. He was he was uh, rocking the uh, Sig. Oh, what was it? Actually, now that I'm looking through, it's a, it's probably a tie between Bobby Lee Swagger and John McClane. There's a lot of those on there. Am I the only one that said the Lone Ranger? Now this one this one is a debatable one, and it depends on how we present it. Mm-hmm. They said Doc Holliday, which is technically not a fictional character. But then he said the Val Kilmer version. Okay. Well, so do we movie. give him that? Yeah, absolutely. Tombstone, Val Kilmer as Doc They Holliday. fictionalized that whole thing anyway, so yeah. it didn't go down like the movies portray it. So we'll give him that. Val Kilmer as Doc Holliday. We'll put that in there. That, well, yeah, that was a classic. He was. He owned that role. Matthew Quigley. Quigley down under. Nobody said born? No. 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 <laughs> Jim from Blazing Saddles. Gene Wilder's character. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, now, did you come a up funny with, movie. Did you come up with some yet? He's agreed to some of them. I've agreed to some of them, but I'd... I'd Archer's up there, bro. Not a huge uh, pop culture pop guy, culture. but uh, I'd have to agree with Raylan Givens and uh, probably Marky Mark and then... Uh, Marky Mark, yeah, that's not, what I call. You're giving him good vibrations. Yeah, not so much on the on James Bond. He's you got a strong pimp hand. You don't need to go shooting somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Vin Tanner? Vin Tanner. I don't know. I have to look that one up too. But this is the same guy that said Rooster Cogburn. I forgot about that. There but you go. But is it the? He said the uh, which, John Wayne version. The John Wayne. Okay, I was gonna say. Um, I like both. I didn't like the new movie better, but I like the Rooster Cogburn just as well. Yeah, he did a good job. Mm-hmm. What was his name? Um, he was in the Iron Russell, Man movie. Kurt Russell. No, no. Bridges, Bo Bridges. Yeah, Bo. Br- no, no, Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. Yeah. Fabulous Baker Boys. I shot propane tanks. Ha ha ha. Hunter, Hoti, Hunter Cody Lehan. That's what he did. His weekend guns. We do not condone. <laughs> didn't say if they were with a three oh eight. <laughs> Actually, Mythbusters proved that you cannot ignite a propane tank with a bullet. You have to have a flame. All right, so Hunter, tell us. Drop what a road happened. flare beside the tank, then you shoot it? Mm-hmm. Or so Connor um, Hobrat, did we say his? I'm in the Junior Olympics right now, practicing for the Junior Olympics. Mm-mm. Good job, Connor. Keep us posted on how that goes. Vin Tanner is from the Magnificent Seven. That's Vin Tanner. Hmm. Oh, I what about so long. what about um, when he said Vin uh, that Vin Diesel? No, the fifty caliber guy. Uh, the, oh, Vinny Jones. Vinny Jones from uh, Snatch. Was it Snatch or Locks? No, it was Snatch. Yeah, it, it was. I think it was Snatch. Yeah, he did the fifty cal. One says point five oh. <laughs> Here says replica. <laughs> of course, that's the worst impression I've ever done of anybody. <laughs> I think they got the gist. I watched another movie with him in it. The other day, I can't remember what it was, but it was pretty good too. It was like back during World War Two or something, and they were this little group of people were going to try to find this nuclear bomb or get this scientist or something. Hmm. But he was in that too, and he was he was his normal badassness. I like Vinnie Jones. You know, he was a former professional soccer player. Was he? Yeah, I didn't know that. That's how he got into acting. Big dude. And they said he was a badass in soccer too. He was the guy. He was kind of like the equalizer. He was more like a rugby player than soccer. Yeah, they said he was the one that kind of just beat the crap everybody. <laughs> they sent him out there to fight people. He's like, uh, what was that um, hockey movie where they just sent the guy in? Not Slapshot. I can't uh, remember what it was. But it had the twins. No, it was. It was a. Oh, the goon. Stifler. Goon. Yeah, Stifler. Yeah, the was, goon. The goon, yeah, yeah. that was good. So, all these people that are fictional gunslingers, 
they have to have one thing in their guns to make them work, which is ammunition. Yeah. Bullets. Which is what you guys do at Vet Made Ammo, right? Yep, sure is. We're running um, small caliber handgun munitions right now. Scaled down uh, our product list to 945 and 380 at the moment. It's mm-hmm. just what's easiest to run. Uh, seems to be the best demand for it, but uh, we're running target ammo, trying to get it out as affordably as we can so the public can go and shoot without paying way too much for their ammunition. Now, last time we were down there, you guys just ramped up your production and got some uh, some new equipment in there, and you were... Yeah, we've gone fully automated. Yeah, Yeah. Um, y'all did go fully automated. Yeah, fully automated. Because when I went in there, y'all were still hand cranking them. Yeah, that was back in the old days, and we basically reached the point where we were exceeding the capabilities of the equipment we had on hand. Wow. Um, We had some very talented press operators that could literally run a Dillon press faster than it could reliably make ammunition. Wow. Um, That's one of the reasons we've stepped up to the automation, which strangely enough has actually slowed our production process down. It's less labor intensive, but. Um, we actually are producing less rounds per hour overall now. It's just, it's a whole lot better quality. And you were saying there's something interesting about y'all's 380s and velocity. Uh, they're not cutting edge, but we're pushing them uh, 999.23 feet per second on average. They've got a, uh average variation of about 37 feet per second, and then the, the uh, sample variation on that isn't, 0.55 percent so half a percent plus or minus then that basically tells you that we're going to be right around a thousand feet per second uh statistically no matter how many we make with this particular load right um we're actually using a vitivori powder which nowadays if you try to find vitivori you'll you'll know that it's it's uh, pretty hard to come by but we've secured some of that so we've got an excellent uh, propellant that we're able to use so it's really quality stuff and do y'all just do fnj or do y'all do hollow points too you uh, we'll load pretty much anything that a customer requests um but as a caveat to that you know prices change depending on the projectile you want mm-hmm. um a lot of your higher end personal defense bullets they are they just cost a whole lot more than your target rounds right. um you know as much as 150 percent more so that's the reason why you'll see a box of 25 um carry loads for 25 bucks versus uh you know a box of 50 target loads for 14.95 or 15.95 right um but now we can actually load any projectile that that's requested but right now the market seems to be pretty good for us just in the uh the target ammo i bet it's hard to find it if you're just wanting to go shoot yeah. as many rounds off as you so can. how did you get involved with the the ammo the reloading well um as i mentioned before i was in the military i'm a disabled veteran and not to feel sorry for myself but it's really hard to go out and find a regular job as a disabled veteran if you divulge that um so basically you know most great things come out of necessity we decided to uh make a run at it um i actually have a business partner who's an equal shareholder great guy his name's robbie uh he can't be here today he's got some other pressing engagements but um Robbie and I had served together uh, multiple tours overseas. I knew he was really good with uh, finance and accounting, and then I had already gone down the path to uh, becoming a decent bulletsmith, so we joined forces and created something from nothing, literally. We started out with, I think, $700 in operating capital and some hobby-grade presses, and within eight months now we're pushing full automated equipment and turning out I think probably the the best quality product that we've ever done before, um, and it's comparable to a lot of the other uh, remanufactured ammunition manufacturers product that you'll see on the market today. Mm. Now we've as, shot your stuff and it's good. I mean, we've not had any issues with it. The nine I haven't shot the forty five yet, or did we shoot the forty five that day we were out there? 
I think we did. We shot a little you bit of everything, uh, 223, 380, 38. But you guys have been to the shop a few times, so we've yeah. gone out and, and played a few times. I think we've shot just about everything in the small caliber list that we've manufactured. It's a whole lot more fun to shoot it than it is to build it. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun that day. Yeah. I don't know if you want to talk about the uh, special gun you had today. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've since gotten that, that uh, little Glock fixed. I had a trigger job gone awry. Apparently, the spring kit that was supplied to the, the gunsmith had some bad springs in it, but they've taken care of it since then. Yeah, we shot it that day that I came out there, and it was running, yeah, it was um, running good. I actually pulled the trigger out of that gun pretty much as soon as you guys left. I completely pulled it out because it's not supposed to shoot but one round per trigger pull. <laughs> And, uh, it was slightly like a Glock 18. Yeah, slightly. And <laughs> I don't think that you could duplicate that if you tried to on purpose. No. With a similar kit. It's just one of those things. And I, I ambushed um, Groupie Gabe mm-hmm. last night on uh, Xbox. He was in his uh, clan. They were, I saw they were online, and I joined their game. Actually, I joined their party. They didn't know I joined their party, so I could, I could hear them talking. And uh, I was on the other team. Yeah. <laughs> and they were... So I could hear everything they were doing. So I was going to where you know they were saying they were going to be, and I, and I was just wiping the board <laughs> with them. Did you ever tell them? And they were cussing. They were like, what the fuck? What the hell's going on? <laughs> How's this guy know I'm over here? Then Gabe, somehow, he, he goes, Marty? <laughs> Marty, are you in there? I started, I started laughing my ass off. <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> Those guys were so into it, though. But, but Groovy Gabe was uh, going to try to make it today, but he had to go out of town. That's what he said. He said he was going to try to sneak in here. Like he always does. He may show up. You Randomly showing up. You never know. We chase squirrels a lot. so that happens. We'll get back. We'll you got to have filler. So the the 9, the 45, the 380, what are your plans for the future? Where are you going next? What's going to be your next round? Well, get into rifles? Not for a while. Um, I believe that if you're going to make rifle ammunition, there is an expectation of quality and accuracy that should be met that just standard mass production uh, capabilities can't, ma- can't meet. At the same time, it's not cost-effective to sit there and hand-load on a single-stage press for everybody. So right. we're, it's something that we're looking into, and we're trying to stay abreast of what's going on. But if we're going to turn out a rifle product, we want it to be uh, something that is suitable for a shooter that's going to demand the type of accuracy that we would demand for our own own firearms mm-hmm. um, it would also require a little bit of retooling on our part trying to make sure that we can put out something that people will, will want and that the um, the quality is where they expect it to be yeah it's going to be a business decision you know you're not going to put something out that's not in demand right and and there's no shortage of great companies on the market right now that are turning out quality rifle ammunition it's actually quite competitive um you know, you've got your your larger companies that, when they finish their federal contracts for military production, they'll dump what's left over on the market cheaper than you know we can pretty much make it. And in competing with those folks, you know, the Lake Cities and the other big massive manufacturers, it's it's hard cost wise to compete with them. Um, even though we can we could do limited runs and have it available when the market was short, uh, we want to if we're going to get into the market, we want to actually get a share of the of the market and hold it. Yeah, Otherwise, there's sense. no point. Now, your price point on the ammo that you are producing is really good, mm-hmm. and you guys have very right. competitive prices, even, yeah. even better. We've got a lot of good retailers around the Middle Tennessee area. Um, we've got some as far away as South Georgia. Uh, we're trying to do a more of a hands-on personal service approach with our distribution. Uh, usually, if a shop orders from us, they'll see either me or my partner or one of our other lead guys from the shop will be their delivery person. So at the moment that we're dropping off your next order, if 
by chance there had been a problem with a previous order, you know, you're dealing with a rep from the factory right then and there who can say, not a problem, we'll send you out a replacement. And we always try, we not always try, we have stood behind our product 100%. Um, the few instances where we've had performance issues out of it, uh, we've definitely made good. Um, we've tried to keep our integrity throughout the entire process. And that's what you were telling me earlier is like y'all would prefer to even take a loss than to have a bad well, word. Well, we don't prefer to take a loss, well, I mean, but th- then to have a bad word about. I can show you, know, you through you our get. books. Historically speaking, <laughs> we have taken a loss in order to do the, do the right thing. Right, um, yeah. and it's you know it's a growing pain. You learn from your mistakes. You go back and you revamp your production methods, and you drive on. We've learned that uh, there's a lot of firearms manufacturers that are putting products on the market right now that simply. The, the platforms themselves will not fire ammunition that is manufactured within SAMI specs. A lot of 380s are coming off the market now that if you go by the, the, the standard SAMI minimum COL, and you load the bullet as short as that spec says you should load it, it still will not even fit in the magazine. Really? Yes. Um, they're making the 380s smaller and lighter and more compact, and they hopefully they've gotten about as small as they're going to go, but mm-hmm. we've had to go back. That's one of the... One of the hardships of being a manufacturer and sending your stuff out and not doing custom loads for a specific customer with a specific uh, weapons platform is your stuff's got to work in everything. Yeah. And if it doesn't, then, you know, the customer that received the product, whatever reason it didn't function in their particular gun, they think that it's just poor poor quality on your, your part. It's not um, – they don't stop and think that, you know, there's been, God, probably thousands of small um, – firearms manufacturers pop up over the last few years who are themselves just getting rolling in the industry so we've we've had to do a lot of research and development coming up with standard um, just standard ballistic specifications to where it'll work in everything well i guess it's time for uh, the mojo minutia <laughs> so now we got yeah we're gonna have music and a big explosion. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the Mojo Minutia. Last time we had you on, you were about to go do some a couple of big trips. Uh, you are going to go do the Bianca Cup and uh, Vegas too, right? Yeah. Well, it's the last month has been an absolute whirlwind. It was y'all's uh, big anniversary party too, wasn't it? it it's, yeah, it started Damn. with... My trip to the Bianchi Cup, which was awesome. Uh, Tom Hughes did an amazing job, uh, and you'll be able to hear some of the the commentary and things live from the Bianchi Cup. Live recorded. (laughs) Yeah, live recorded as I was there. Uh, Come up shortly, maybe this segment or or one of the others. Uh, But it was Tom Hughes with NRA is the man behind the scenes and on the forefront of setting that that match up in the event and not only that it's uh it's the it's what he's promised i mean he, he it was like this is a shooting spectacle and it was it was really really cool Tem- parties and barbecues and cocktail parties and lots of shooting and socials and events and wait there were guns there tons of guns <laughs> i guns. saw the prizes you got one of your posts i did i got some cool door prizes those are pretty slick yeah, I got a uh, a little black powder hogleg hogleg pistol, uh, <laughs> Colt, Colt like navy type thing. I don't know, can you see it? A little higher. There it is. Oh yeah, yeah that's sweet. Actually, man. pretty neat. And uh, I'd worked out with Tom 
we have the the celebrity pro-am part which is actually the colt speed shoot where you shoot the five ascending and descending plates as fast as you can and i was talking with tom and i was actually going to shoot it with this rig so i had it all set up and loaded but when we went to go practice it didn't have enough punch to knock the plates down really yeah <laughs> the loads we went to the max loads and loads are real conservative so it's like it's a showpiece I think we can get a lot more load out of it, but it is there is no top strap, so you got to be careful with it. Why do I got a feeling that you're going to try to get the top load out? <laughs> I think 15 grains is what they recommend. I'm going to try going up to maybe 17. Work it up a little bit. Throw a little more powder in it. So tell us how you fared in the the competition. I'm pretty happy with how I did. the The rule of thumb that they have there is if you score 1,600 or, or over for your first Bianca, it's pretty doggone good. Well, I happened to finish with 1,600 exactly. Nice. One six zero zero, And uh, my biggest points lost were the plates. And, man, for something that's so simple as just knocking down a plate, it turns it into this really challenging pass-fail kind of event. What distance were you? What's that? What distance were you from the plates? Uh, 10, 15, 20, and 25. What were you running? Uh, a little 9mm uh, Glock race gun with a red dot and a compensator. Mm-hmm. Awesome little gun. Uh, first pass, clean the plates. Second pass, I clean the plates. And that means it's a transition from 10 to 15. Mm-hmm. When I moved up to 15, put on target, the dot was on the plate, broke the trigger, the shot fell, the plate went down. And went over to the second plate, and I'm just squeezing the dead gun. The, the gun won't go bang. So I'm like looking in, and there's a stovepipe. I'm like, oh, you got to Oh, no. So I cycled it, tried to get it out, and it wouldn't go bang. It's some kind of weird double feed. By the time I got everything cleared, I was going for that shot again. The plate's locked up, and that was that's five points down. Actually, mm. 50 points down right there. Ooh. Uh, each plate is pass, fail, 10, or zero. And after that, it just shot my concentration and nerve. and. That's got to be pretty nerve-wracking anyway. There's a lot of people that are watching in there. Yeah, there is. It's a a lot of cameras, a lot of people watching, a lot of people recognize me and say, hey, let's see how this this guy's going to do. Now, this was your first competition too, right? That was my first, first, like, real full action pistol competition with the whole action pistol rig and everything. Yeah, so you did really good then. Uh, I mean, your first. I was was pretty happy with it with, with boning the plates, which was the first match. Each of the four events is called a match. So my first match, I blew it. So after that, all the stress was off, and I'm like, you know. Have fun with it, right? Just have fun. Cool. But after that, after the jam, I lost those 50 points. Uh, I think I proceeded to poach another eight, I think eight more points, which you can get a total of 480. I did 310. First time doesn't sound bad. So overall, (laughs) I don't know how many people, how many people were you competing against? There were over 300 and something. Holy crap. 318, something like that. Wow. It's the largest Bianchi Cup they've ever had. Uh, and Tom pretty much put it together with him and one other guy. And how he does it, I don't know. But the NRA really really should look at, at, at that and give that man some more support. Because, I mean, it's a great event. Uh, I've never met another group of shooters and i've been shooting in all kinds of disciplines but the the action pistol shooters are, are like none other i mean they welcome you in they will help you out with anything just the, the best group of shooters i've ever run across 
and to be able to foster that and help Action Pistol grow, I think the NRA really needs to get behind it and and step up and, and give Tom some support there. Well, with that many people taking part, I, I can only see them wanting to jump in on that. Yeah. Well, just recently, NRA announced that they're going to try and start getting behind 3-Gun, which I'm really excited about. Oh, too. yeah. But I hope they don't Sweet. lose focus on some of the other events, like Action Pistol, Silhouette, and some more classic stuff. Hmm. And then that, the other trip you had to take, it was called Combat Con? Is that what well, it's called? Well, let, let's go through the whole schedule so you get sequential order. Of my last month. <laughs> so, well, anyway, going back to what you were kind of alluding to, there were over 300-something shooters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I ranked somewhere in 185 or so. Mm-hmm. I got to look back, but uh, I was pretty happy. You got to be damn happy with that, man. Jeez. First competition coming in around better than half, you know? But the Celebrity Pro-Am... You won, right? <laughs> the celebrity program. Basically, the they have on the Saturday uh, kind of an awards thing and the Colt Action or Speed Shooting event, which it helps break ties and help rank with some of the really good shooters. Like the top four of every class shoot against each other, and there's a big shoot-off for that. Uh, then they do the Celebrity Challenge, which... It's usually 16 or 24 people that compete in that. And it's uh, some of the celebrities, me, uh, I I guess I'm kind of classed in the celebrity realm area, which (laughs) is okay with me. I guess that's fine. Kendall Lasson was there. Uh, Michael Broderick. uh, Oh, I'm drawing a blank. Was Adam Baldwin at this one? Michael, Mike Lawrence, Michael, uh, Mike Lawrence. No, Adam Baldwin wasn't there. Now, would uh, you would you have geeked out over that being a Firefly fan? Maybe a bit. <laughs> Speaking of Firefly, ever since uh, you were on the show last, you know you are talking about Firefly? Yeah. I've been hooked on it, dude. Isn't that cool? <laughs> it is. It is. Are I watched it in the correct order. <laughs> I did. I watched, I watched all the, uh, the original TV, then I watched the movie, and then they've got these documentaries that are out also. Have you yeah, seen any of those? Yeah, the brown coat. Yeah, the brown coat. Are you a brown coat? I'm a brown coat. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a pretty cool documentary. That's one cool thing about Netflix. Netflix has it in the right order. Yeah. Instead of I the 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 three that were at the end were actually supposed to be the start or something like that. Yeah. All of the releases after the airing was in the right order. Some yeah. people, like hard, the hardcore fans, well, actually, after they're hooked on it and they watch it in the order that's supposed to be, they'll go back and watch it how it aired and they're still trying to scratch their head trying to figure out what the hell is going on well anyway so saturday uh we shot uh the the steel challenge and i just kept kind of moving up in the tier and i'm trying to figure out like okay when am i going to stop shooting and at some point i realized like i don't want to stop shooting i want to keep going <laughs> then, you, then you start seeing some of the guys up and they, they scattered it around so some of the guys like doug koenig and and some of the real great legendary shooters are shooting i'm like i just want to stand up next to one of these guys and ladies and and shoot with them i'm sure i'm gonna get my ass handed to me but <laughs> i want to do it and it got it got kind of real showy and gamey uh, especially with the sponsor celebrity pro-am portion uh one of the ladies would step up the guys would do something else uh like wait for the first shot for the other person to fire before drawing or starting <laughs> blindfolded or, or away from the target 
uh, whenever I was shooting with somebody I knew was was a weaker shooter, I was shooting weak handed, like single handed, like a bullseye grip. Yeah. So, but but the end of it, I ended up winning the the celebrity pro am. We got the little, we got the medal here. It's hanging up. It's a pretty cool medal. Yeah, that's pretty slick. It's like an Olympic medal. Yeah, it's kind of like the medals they give you at the marathons and stuff, except it's got Colt on the back. Yeah, but it was a lot of fun. I'm just, I'm just glad I was able to to get out and and shoot. I was nervous, nervous too. I wasn't sure quite what to expect, and with that many people looking at you, because there's just the two shooters there. Oh come on! You're used to that many people looking at you. Come on, TV show not live. (laughs) It's a difference, isn't there? Yeah, the whole live thing really throws another aspect to it. (laughs) There's there's no redos. So what's your next what's your next competition you got? Uh, the next one coming up, I think, is going to be the Walking Dead in Texas or the or the Pro Am. No, Industry Masters. Hmm. Industry Masters will be first. The Walking Dead sounds interesting. It's pretty cool. It's held in Texas, and it's at night, so you get to use flashlights and night vision and stuff. Sweet. Are they using zombie targets? Last year, it rained so much. Mm. No, thank you. That'll put a damper on a shooting contest, definitely. Yeah. Was the pun intended there? Yeah. Damper. Damper. <laughs> <laughs> Dampen the spirits. There you go. So what was next on the uh, schedule of the past All month? Right. So the Mojo from- Tour. From the Bianchi Cup, flew back home to Baton Rouge on Sunday night. Well, the following weekend is the Red Jacket birthday bash. It's for Will. Uh, it's his birthday. It's, his birthday's in June, so what we do is to make it simple for kind of people to come out, we do the first Saturday, the first full weekend in June, and we do it on the Saturday. We've been doing it up in Ruston the last couple of years. It's a great facility bunch of great volunteers up, up there at the, the Ruston Police Department. Great bunch of guys, volunteers that are not part of the department. Uh, well, we just bring a whole bunch of machine guns, ammo, and cool stuff to go play with. And it takes it takes about a week to get everything set up and up and running. So the second I hit the ground from the Yankee Cup, it was a whirlwind of getting set up for the bash. Uh, then we started driving out on Thursday to get set up and prep. Chris and Steph went out there uh, a little bit early and got everything rocking and rolling. They did a great job uh, with all of that. Got there with the bulk of the guns and everything Friday and started setting up. And then it was probably one of the best bashes we, we've had. The weather was great. All the volunteers were great. Do you have any really cool, unique guns out this time? We had a bunch of our stuff. Uh, a lot of the stuff that you've seen on the show, we'll bring those out. Uh, brought the the sandmobile out. Uh, we had our Polaris razors out. We nice. didn't bring any of the big vehicles just because it, it can be a pain in the butt if something does happen. And it's about a four-hour drive in a normal car. Mm-hmm. If you taken any of the armor, it would have been a six- or eight-hour drive. Oh, damn. Rustin PD's got some Hummers, and they've got some other pretty cool stuff. Uh, we had some 50 caliber. We had some black pow- uh, black powder cannons, some other cannons, uh, M2s. We had the Maxim out, which that's still it's one of my favorite guns. Uh, I had all of our what's that one? The Maxim. Mm-hmm. That the old uh, machine gun. Yeah, Ma- the Maxim machine gun is actually the world's first machine gun. Whenever yeah. you think of where did machine guns start, well, that's where it started. 
And this was one of the originals. If I remember correctly, I think this is a 1919 or 1916. Is it like water-cooled or something? They are water-cooled. Cool, yeah. Some that are snow-cooled. This looked like (laughs) it was at one point a snow-cooled water tank because it has the big... Has the big mouth opening that looks like it was brazed over. Yeah, that's hmm. cool. And you just pack snow in it. Well, this one we keep water in it. We were just instead of having the tank and everything, we were just dumping water bottles in it. <laughs> we, constantly, I'm sure. We were gonna come, but we had already pre-signed up for the Tough Mudder in Nashville. We're gonna come. We're gonna come. And yeah. we we almost backed out on our team. Oh, I'm serious, man. We <laughs> we, we had to do some serious. Uh, and then Jared soul searching. Paul and Jared Markle kept telling us, "Just forget the tough mutter. Come on, man." <laughs> we're like, you know, we're tempted, and but like what twelve people came up to do it with us, and yeah, from all over. Yeah, they were from Pennsylvania, Texas, everywhere. So we couldn't back out on it. But yeah, I thought Jared and Paul were, were stalking us, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jared was supposed to have been here at the Tough Mudder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think he had more fun there. Yeah, we, we suffered a little bit, but it was fun. Yeah, he said he was going to stalk you. I mean, just like seeing him three or four weekends in a row. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a GPS tracker on your vehicle. <laughs> I just need to keep keep a look out on the Facebook page and figure out where I'm going. Yeah, there you go. So the birthday bash was awesome. Uh, we cleaned up a little bit late Saturday after the show and then went to uh, the Revelry in Ruston. Great bunch of people there. It's a huge, huge music venue. And they had a, a live band set up. Stephanie had the guys there set up. Kind of an after party there. And we had yeah. a good time with that. Do you play musical instruments? Uh, kind of. I used to have horns yeah. and, and reed instruments. Were you part of the band? Uh, I never. I was in like a brass band. I was a band geek, kind of. Yeah, I mean, I mean, were you part of the band that played at the Revelry? <laughs> no, not part of that band. Oh, okay. I know Chris plays some music, so I didn't know if maybe you jumped in. Chris, I, at, after a day at the birthday bash, you're pretty much. We're pretty much done. <laughs> I was just sitting on the deck and having a few drinks, smoking a cigar or something like that. And this time we played the adult full-size Jenga game, and it was really neat. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Full-size Jenga game? Full-size. It uses two-by-fours instead of, like, the little Jenga. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> and on the blocks, on the blocks are adult-themed actions and tasks. <laughs> so if it falls with the block in your hand, you got to go do this thing that's on the block. Oh, no. <laughs> that sounds like fun. You got to wear a hard hat. How tall is this thing? It got it. Check it out on Facebook on my personal Facebook. Some of them, it was getting to the point where I was needing a chair. If it was getting any further, I was going to need a boost. Wow. <laughs> so we're it's getting dangerous. This tiptoes and putting it on. And I'm kind of, I'm actually pretty good at Jenga. I can see the the tensions of everything and and what direction it's leaning. So I'll just. Swipe a car, I'll swipe a piece out, and then just stack it up there, and just kind of walk away. And so people, I think, were starting to get a little frustrated with me. So, <laughs> what are the what are those rules? Uh, never have a land war in Asia. What? Never. You know what I'm talking about. Never. Yeah, uh, yeah Joe knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, um, how was the name of that movie? Uh, Princess Bride. Oh. Yeah, yeah. With uh, oh, what was that guy? Carrie Ewells. Yeah, Carrie Ewells and um. I can't remember the little guy. That Andre was, the Giant. Never yeah. Get, yeah, never get into a... Never, 
something Sonic, with a Sonic Sicilian. Yeah. yeah, so never never play Jingo with an engineer. There you go. <laughs> that's another. That's what I was getting at. <laughs> and there's when you're playing adult Jenga, there's a little known rule that I've developed that you can use your drink as a counterweight. Oh. <laughs> now you got to have the balls to do it because if it falls with your drink, then then that's bad bad news. <laughs> I was able to kind of shift around the weight with your drink, set it up <laughs> on there. And you can see the tower just kind of go, pull a piece, grab your drink, place the block up on top, and walk away. That's awesome. (laughs) What was fun is we were on a deck, like a wooden deck. Oh, wow. So it was a little on the the wobbly side, but it it made it challenging. That's hilarious. After about four or five rounds, I kind of got tired. And I'm like, you know what? I'm done. <laughs> and I swiped a block out the bottom that I knew was going to tumble it in and knocked it over. Sabotage. I just couldn't go anymore. So then you mustered up enough energy to, after the revelry, where'd you guys head after that? Then we had to pack up the next day oh, and then drive back home. And got home Sunday late, slept, woke up, came Monday Started getting all the machine guns logged back in, getting everything settled, and then got prepared, got some guns that we were taking to Las Vegas because we did a couple things in Las Vegas. Uh, Me and Charlie went and opened up the Red Jacket Experience at range 702 in Las Vegas off of Dean Martin. It's a great range. There's a few ranges that you can go rent machine guns at in Vegas, but by far 702 has the the nicest facility, the best staff, and it's right there on the strip. I mean, it's it's hard to beat. So what uh, what was your what was your challenge? What did you guys do? Well, we brought a bunch of machine guns and allowed people to shoot them. One of the problems we get and requests we get, like, hey, I want to come shoot some of the stuff that that y'all do and some of the guns, and we really don't have the venue to do it, and we really don't have the the traffic to be able to hit worldwide like our viewership is vegas is perfect for that there's people that come from all over the world to go to vegas and they go to vegas to shoot machine guns well a lot of the fans of the show they'll come in and now they can go to range 702 and have the red jacket experience with some of our really cool one-off machine guns some of them been built on the show some of them are just one-off stuff that that we've built over the years yeah and we had some of the guns uh, from the Total Recall episode. We had the Chris Vector submachine gun there. Uh, we had the Dragon gun, the Chrome motorcycle gun that we built with oh, uh, yeah. Paul Jr. That's badass. CC. That's a really cool gun. Uh, a little belt-fed system. Chrome has got the Dragon painted on the side. We call it the Dragon. The Dragon. The Dragon. <laughs> is this uh, is this the first year you did you've done this, or is this something you've been doing? No, this is something we just, it was kind of the inaugural event. Okay. We've been talking about it for a couple of years, but just never had never had the ability to get everything lined up and have a break and film schedule with the chance to go. Because normally when we're in Vegas, we're there for SEMA or the SHOT Show or, or the Survival Expo or something like that, some big show that requires a huge amount of attention. Mm-hmm. Well, well we went to Vegas and this particular case to go to the Combat Con. And the Combat Con is kind of the martial arts and weapons manufacturers of 
the times, like sword manufacturer and oh, cool, picking blades and maces and armor and things like that. Yeah, and they have demos and classes for fencing, for grappling, for throwing knives. That was really cool. I had a, one of the guys that's on Top Shot a lot, Jack Bagger. Uh huh. Yeah, Jack. He's all throwing knives. Really, really cool dude. He was set up next to me in Charlie's area, and we were there signing autographs and and just meeting and greeting, and we were able to have a lot of fun with with us and it, it really allowed me and charlie to kind of let the geek out <laughs> <laughs> unleash the geek <laughs> yeah i i let it i i, I went a little too far <laughs> <laughs> how's that <laughs> elaborate there's uh, a ball on saturday where and it's it's the time travelers ball so they do a lot of steampunk stuff did you get all steampunked out i didn't steampunk but <laughs> I've got a, I've got a shirt with a Tony Stark mark. I've got, I've got a Mark II and a Mark IV chess piece. <laughs> yes, that's awesome. <laughs> that glows. So, you you just went up ten points in my book, brother. I was in a suit and had the the Mark. I had the Mark IV chess piece on in this particular case, and it would glow through, and it was cool because. I think I told y'all about when I wear the kilt. Uh-huh. People don't really recognize me because they're paying attention to the kilt. <laughs> well, the same thing with the, when I'm wearing the chest piece. People don't recognize me because they're just fixated on the big glowing orb on my chest in front of me. What in the hell is that? Yeah. Why is your chest flashing? It's dark. Well, anyway, we went through the whole thing and, and the ball. And My sister just recently moved out to Vegas. She went and uh, we had a good time, and they had some some guys there. They had Catwoman and one of the one of the good guys from Shield. I forget the I forget her name. Oh, Not the Black Widow, but looks like the Black Widow. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's her name? The Natasha Romanowski. No, that's Black Widow. He said Black Widow. No, he yeah, said no, she looks like, like the Black Widow. It, it's oh. kind of like Black Widow, but it wasn't. It wasn't the Black Widow. Anyway, they did they did this little skit where where they go in and and they have a little mock battle. It was all choreographed and stuff, and they had a good time. And I was watching and I'm like, yeah, that does look like fun. So I met <laughs> coordinators and I told him like, hey, I need a uh, I need a bad guy. <laughs> I need a bad guy. So we went and found a bad guy and talked it over. And I've got you know what flash paper is? Yeah. All right, there's a little flash paper shooter that you, you wear it on the inside of your palm and you can't see it. Uh-huh. And it's like the magicians do when they shoot fire out of their hands. Right. Yeah. Well, they've got a flash paper that shooters. And so I, I got a hold of one of the flash paper shooters and, and loaded it up. Your repulsors. And I the guys like, hey, all right, I'm going to be on the dance floor dancing and you're going <laughs> to up and you're going you're gonna, to like confront me and we're going to have a mock battle and, and I'm going to use my Mark IV... Actually, the Mark Seven suit, the one with the little suitcase suit. Uh-huh. I call over one of the gloves, and the gloves gonna fly to me, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna flash you with the the repulsor. The yeah. Repulsor. They're going like, yeah, yeah, this is gonna be cool. This is gonna be cool. And I'm thinking, like in my head, how badass this is gonna. Be. <laughs> so we're on the dance floor, and I'm dancing. And all of a sudden, this tall. I mean, he is tall. Uh, probably six, seven, six, eight. Plus, he's got the big jack boots on with <laughs> the big 
hat uh, from uh, what? What's the villain from? More hints. Need more hints. No, the one with the oct- with the octopus logo. What What was that organization called? Oh, Hydra. 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 So yeah. he's, he's a big Hydra, like a Hydra guy, which worked out perfectly. So the Hydra guy walks up and he's like pushing me around, and I'm like, "What are you doing? Like, why are you here?" <laughs> <laughs> and I like popped open my shirt and exposed my chest piece. I don't know why I did that? And I like did the motion, and the glove flew to me, and I like shot a repulsor beam, a little repulsor charge at him. And he was going to do this. <laughs> and I had another one. I hit him again. And, and then we called it over. <laughs> Apparently there's a couple of really cool shots that looks like the repulsor beams hitting him. And then there's some stories that people think I almost let the poor guy's beard on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask. So awesome. what kind of degree burns did this guy get? Flash <laughs> paper is really cool because it's, it's over and done by the time it gets anywhere. Yeah, yeah it's like a flash. It's, it's, it's yeah. a little ball flash. But it was fun. <laughs> uh, the ball. During the day, I uh, went through the, con- the, through the convention, and me and Charlie had some panels. Uh, some of the panels were the reality of reality TV, which that was an adventure. Oh, I can imagine. We had about, I guess, 30 people in that panel. And we are talking about how what, it's, what you think is going on on the other side of the glass, but you really don't know. Mm-hmm. So we had everybody stand up, and we gave them all, gave them a job in the TV reality show business. And by the time we were done, pretty much everybody was standing up and had a job. And it's just me and Charlie standing on the other side of four guys with cameras. And it, it was really neat, and it kind of, everybody got the realization of, wow, the amount of complexity and the, the work that goes into this, not just with what we do, but with what all the guys that are carrying these 80 pound cameras and the sound guys that have a 120 pound sack and brick hanging off the front of them. That's a big sack. (laughs) It's It's a huge sack. That's a manly sack. Especially running around in the temperatures we work with here because apparently we always have to film in the summer. So we did some panels like that. Uh, We did panels, the future of weapons technology, uh, we did some weapons crafter panels, things like that, where people just talked about uh, different things and metallurgies and, and how we prototype things. And so you guys had things, a blast, man. Oh, that it was awesome. It was, yeah, it was an absolute blast. I hope we uh, hope we get invited back because uh, we had a great time, and it's a bunch of really, really cool people. Well, if you need us to carry your big 120-pound sack. I'm not carrying <laughs> Joe's sack. <laughs> Zeke will carry it. No. <laughs> we can choreograph a, a better routine next year. and <laughs> You've got some time to think about it now. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's a big, big elaborate a thing. thing. One, when, I saw the, when I saw the little skit that they did, I was like, oh, i got to get on them. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Looks too much fun. Joe's getting into cosplay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> he just dropped his head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So yeah, from there, me and little Charlie let the geek out. We do every day. Yeah. <laughs> so we uh, we Embrace did that. The, geek. the Red Jacket range experience at Range Seven Hundred Two was awesome. Uh, it, it surpassed all of our expectations. People, even people that had packages, you can get online and you can click the package and come on in and you can select different things. Like shoot an MP5, an M4, and a pistol. 
and cool. you know, or you can come in and shoot five different guns. You can come in and just shoot a pistol on a UMP forty. Is this like an invite only kind of thing, or you got to make reservations? Oh, it's, it's totally open. Uh, we allowed reservations too, but it turned out most people that go to Vegas, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of spur of the moment. They're not on a schedule, are they? Yeah. So we learned that really, really quick. So me and Charlie just kind of hung out at the range, and when people showed up, they're sitting there staring at us, trying to figure out like. <laughs> No, <laughs> and then after that's all over, then they want to do the, the red jacket package. Uh, so it was it was pretty cool. Nice. They had the Chris Vector, the Chris Vector, the M3 grease gun, a couple of our M4s, and then we actually have the original M4, our first AR milled receiver gun we ever built, which was actually shown in the Vegas episode. That was uh, fitting. Yeah, yeah, that one. And the Glock 18, which Sweet. actually the Glock 18 was my Bianchi Cup race gun with a heavy <laughs> switch installed on it. <laughs> Normally, you would never be able to rent or shoot a Glock 18 unless you were very, very well trained and understand what that gun is capable of. Mm. It shoots around 1,400 rounds a minute, and it is a very, very flippy little gun. Well, with the, the the Carver comp on it and the Magwell base and the red dot and the light recoil system, it made the gun so controllable. You could dump a whole mag, a whole 33-round mag, and stay on target. Wow. You could keep it in an 8-inch plate. We would let people shoot it, and we'd we'd keep 25 rounds on the mag, and they'd shoot five semi-auto, just like bang, bang, bang. Mm-hmm. And then they'd shoot four rounds, double taps, as fast as they could while maintaining control. If they were able to control that, then we hit the happy switch on it. So by that time, there was only about 15 or 16 rounds left in the gun. So it would it would be even harder. If it, if it got away, I mean, the gun would only be about right. Here. Mm-hmm. But everybody did really, really well with it, and it by far was the winner of the favorite gun up there. That or the Chris Vector. Which that thing's hard to And now you're back, right? Or did you have something else after that? Uh, oh, well, kind of. I'm <laughs> home uh, and, and recovering from the trip to Vegas because we were there Tuesday to Monday. Okay. So it was it was a good little good little trip. Nice. Uh, and working on working at the range all day, it can can kind of drain it out of you. I bet. So got back, got back Monday again. Went straight to work after landing about nine o'clock Monday morning. Uh, worked about four hours, then promptly fell asleep on the floor behind my desk, <laughs> like right here. <laughs> nice. Apparently, there's pictures, but I'm not. I'm not exactly sure. I haven't been privy to them yet. No. So hopefully, I wasn't drooling. Uh, <laughs> and then Tuesday, rolled back in and and been working and setting up the shop because we are rolling back in the film. Uh, very shortly, I have to say, end of summer. Mm. End of summer end is of when summer. we're going back into filming for season six. So we need so to make sure when we come visit you, it's not end of summer. <laughs> yeah. So we're getting the shop ready. Uh, we we just developed a, a relationship with the guys over at Redline Garage Gear. So they're outfitting the whole shop. Which, if you watched the last couple episodes of season five, you saw some of the shop almost done we had some of the workbenches from the old shop and some of the 
the old look from the old shop. Well, whenever you see the start of season six, it's going to be a whole new deal. It's just, uh, we've got some great cabinets and workstations and, and the round, non-round table for uh, for use from Redline Garage Gear. You guys are going to have some new uniforms too, right? Talking lead t-shirts? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I did hear there's a hidden talking lead sticker somewhere on a toolbox. There's probably a lot of stickers on a lot of different things. <laughs> yeah, whenever you get stickers in those things, it's like vultures, man. Oh, I bet. It's like, let me grab a sticker and let's find some obscure place to, to put it. <laughs> Ours is probably on the ceiling. <laughs> no, Zach, Zach said he made sure it was on his toolbox. So. Oh, okay. All right. Good old Zach. Our fellow Tennessean hooked us up. <laughs> Tennessean. So we've got a few more questions left over from the last time you were on that we didn't get to answer on air right. because they didn't answer they didn't ask them until after the show was over. But uh, we've got Cat from Adam's Arms that has she gets a bunch of weird questions and she want she never has the answers for. Uh, first one being when you should strip and clean a bolt. When do you? When should you? When should you? Okay. Strip and clean a bolt. See that kind of goes down to two aspects one follow your manufacturer's maintenance procedure or two clean it when it's dirty and the gun won't run <laughs> there you go i get i, I kind of go to the point where i'll just shoot it till it starts hiccuping unless it's unless it's a gun there that's meant for defense mm-hmm. uh, i'll just i'll just run a gun till it's absolutely cruddy and won't run uh bolt carrier especially on the ar platform uh, you utilizing the Adams Arms piston system, it, it really is cheating because they run <laughs> cleaner. So that's one of the advantages of the piston kits, and that's that's actually the piston system that we use. Uh, we we have some piston systems uh, on all of our guns. If it's a piston system, it's an Adams Arm version. Gotcha. Uh, so it's great stuff. But the thing about bolt carriers is just pay attention. And this wouldn't really go with the piston systems because of, there's no gas rings in there. But a standard direct impingement AR, you want the when the gun's clean, you should be able to set the bolt on end and it support the weight. So the rings have enough tension to support the weight of the bolt. So if I extend the, an AR bolt, pull the bolt forward so the roller gas key is in line with the cam, mm-hmm. the cam will be under it. You just gently place it on the table, and it should be supported. So that gives you an idea of when you should replace your rings. If it doesn't support, then it's time for new rings. Good tip. Then we also have Jesse Losey. I think that's how you pronounce his name. He says, what if I cut off a three oh eight just behind the shoulder, stuck in a forty-one cal bullet, and wanted an AR built around that round? <laughs> 10.4 by 3.9. Does he want a barrel on it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I thought that one was way off. <laughs> sounds like sounds like he may have a cap gun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with, with any with pretty much any firearm, you've got to have you've got to have some barrel there to build some velocity. Mm-hmm. Uh, the combination it sounds like there the bullet would be kind of sticking out of the face of the chamber, and it'd be just like taking a bullet. And throw it in a fire, and you get a little bit of a pop, but not a whole lot. Not a whole lot at all. Maybe 100, 200 feet per second, if that. 
Now, what maybe what he's thinking about is just taking that chamber and using the case, maybe a 308 case, mm-hmm. chop it off at the neck, and then having a new chamber created. And that would be kind of cool. I mean, the Wildcat industry is always, always open for new stuff. There's always a new a new thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, if it were me and I wanted to do something like that, I'd do it with this round. Is that, that is uh, the... 338? That's a 338 Lapua. Yeah. yeah. That would be pretty cool. <clears throat> nice. I guess you end up with just mm, just shy of maybe 45 caliber. Nice. But what Jesse six. needs to know is that if he's not a professional, he doesn't need to be trying this stuff at home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, That's probably a real good response. Yeah. And then the other one we have, Kipperfish. I think he kind of made it a two-point question because I think he had to clear it up. First question he says, is there any way to reuse a Tula steel case FMJ 762x39 cases? And if so, what bullet and powder would be best? Which Kenny could probably help on this too since he's a reloader. Same oh, what? Same with their 9mm ammo? I've, that looks yeah, weird. I, I think that's where he's clearing it up on the second question. Yeah, absolutely. Steel case ammo is reloadable. Uh, it's ductile, so it still has some stretch and some life to it. Mm-hmm. The problem you often run into is it's burden primed. So it has the one with the, the anvil is built into the case. Now, did we actually talk about this one last time? I don't know. Did we? <laughs> we could have. I could have just asked the double question. The one about the uh, steel case ammo, we're using it? I don't think we did. If not, I just, I just had the, a conversation on this within the last month or so. Uh, about that because I've I've done it I've reloaded steel case ammo and it's really convenient when you can find steel case ammo that's boxer prime that's the standard primer that you would use in brass it's kind of tough to find but most of it's burden prime there's two flash holes and two little pins for the anvil and the challenge is getting the bullet or getting the primer out the spent primer out there's a special tool for that there's a couple ways you can do it there's a tool with two little pins and you have to line them up and and do it or you can do it the smart way and you do it with hydraulics you fill all your cases with water and you stick it in there and you just run the the uh uh next the the next size die into it and it creates a hydraulic seal and it pops it right out real clean wait for the water to drain out and dry and then reload it with burden primers or you can if you're very experienced and understand and know what you're doing, you can convert the cases over to Boxer. Uh, you you form the, prim- the primer pocket, put a flash hole in it, and then you can use standard Boxer. Now, the time and effort involved in all that with the availability of inexpensive range brass, I can't imagine why you would want to do it except for just as an exercise or just say, hey, I can reload steel ammo or... Or, hey, when, when the world ends and all the brass ammo is gone and I find some steel, I can reload it. Hmm. So it's possible. I just don't think it's economically feasible unless you happen to find some of the boxer-based stuff. Gotcha. Well, we appreciate it, man. Hey, wait. We, we've, oh, got, oh, you got more? we've got to get, yeah, we've got to get his uh, top three. Oh, oh. His top three gunslingers. Um, the fictional gunslinger. Fictional gunslinger of all time. Who's your top three? That's what, top That was the subject today. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Top three gunslingers. Fictional. One's going to have to be, uh, going back to Firefly, one's going to have to be Mal. He, he, <laughs> we knew that. Creeping up. Man, you'd and, be shocked. The gun community, almost, they, a lot of Mal's out there. Yeah, I almost want to go with uh, with Jane, too. 
but <laughs> I, I think I'll have to I have to diversify a little bit. I'm not going to stay too tight on the genre. Uh, maybe go to Han Solo. Nice. Between Han Solo and uh, Indiana Jones. Mm. We haven't had Indiana Jones yet. That's Same first. actor, both ones. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. Hey, does that count as one or two? Two. We'll, get, we'll let you have it's one. It's fictional. One. Fictional characters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's two. Uh, let see. Let me see. A, a number three. Fictional characters. Number three. We had to think on it too uh, a little hey, bit. Jack Bauer. Yeah. <laughs> Jack Bauer. <laughs> Jack Bauer. We actually had one person answer all three: Jack Bauer, Jack Bauer, and Jack Bauer. Or Jason Statham in some of the. Uh, Transporter movie. Oh yeah, yeah I didn't think about that one. Nobody said him either. Mm-mm. Nobody has. They're over the top. Oh yeah, it's kind of like that shoot 'em up movie with Clive Owen. Yeah, and then you've got the you've got like the epitome of actually decent gun handling in a movie with Collateral, and I hate I hate it was actually um, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise, but I don't know who their their uh, technical. Uh, Advisor was and their trainer there, but it, there was some pretty. That was Arnold Schwarzenegger. Good movement. Collateral. No, the no collateral was the one with. Wasn't it Jamie Fox and Tom Cruise? Yeah. Fox yeah. What was, what was the one with the Arnold? Was it Collateral Damage? Maybe it was called Collateral, collateral Damage. Damage. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know they didn't have good technical <laughs> gun skills yeah. in that movie. Have you seen uh, Three Days to Kill yet with Kevin Costner? No, I haven't. That first gun no, shootout it's scene it's is good. very technically sound. Oh, is it? They actually run out of ammo. You hear the click. They do the proper procedures on uh, dropping the mags, reloads. Yeah. It's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Well, man, we appreciate it. Even though I'm disappointed, we only got one innuendo out of you this time. The 180-pound sack. <laughs> sack. Oh, sack. Not a lot of drinking going on this episode, Dad gummit. <laughs> I'm sure there's some innuendos in my commentary from the Bianchi Cup. Okay. <laughs> That'll make up for it. <laughs> Can't wait to get that. Like I said, there were there was cocktail parties and, and social events and black tie affairs. And you were everything. recording during those? Yes. <laughs> were you getting strange looks? <laughs> no, most people were like, we're getting into it. Cool. I was able to some of our, our shooting celebrities, uh, and, and I think there's some really prized stuff out there with them. Sweet. Cool. And one last question before we let you go. Somebody from uh, the Red Jacket Firearms uh, Facebook page said, which color's faster, the color pink or the color purple? <laughs> I had no clue what they were talking about there. <laughs> I don't know. Is that an inside joke? Whichever one, whichever one has the most stripes. <laughs> there you go. You <laughs> have racing stripes or stickers. Yeah, I like I like purple. Purple is one of my favorite colors. I like red, blue, green. Uh, it's hard to beat. So I like, I like Way to take the colors nice are hard to beat. Yeah. Political stance: yeah. red, blue, purple, green. He didn't discriminate. No. <laughs> Appreciate it, man. Joe, thanks so much for being on, buddy. Thank you, all man. All right, talk to you soon. See you. So that was, that was the very first official Mojo Minutia. That's all right, man. Went good. You found something else you wanted to read? Another one of those? Yeah, we've got another post on the Facebook. What you did this little week? Little questionnaire, what you did in guns this week. Mm-hmm. So, we've got, so we've got Matthew Marty. Huh? No relation to me. It says, I beat left hand on the firing line. Just kidding. Nobody beats left hand. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's right, baby. I wonder why you wanted to read that one. That's why. <laughs> so, Kenny, the uh, the mojo minutia happened while you're in the middle of talking about something. Do you even remember what it was? <laughs> yeah, I think I pretty much covered enough on that. Yeah. You were saying uh, you've got some people that you're selling to, like locally. Do you have distributors you go through and everything, too? Or? We are trying to get to the point where we can use a distributor. Actually, you're, uh, the big show groupie Gabe, he's done a lot uh-huh. of good work for us. Um, we're just North Side Gun Shop. North Side Gun Shop, yeah. Uh, James or Randy. I don't mm-hmm. know what he's going by these days. <laughs> yeah, that's the way we were like, James, Randy, what, what is it yeah, today? They're really good guys. We're just trying to get to the point where our, our production costs are slim enough that we can leave a little meat on the bone for uh, a distributor. But in the meantime, uh, Gabe's been very instrumental in helping us kind of get our feet in the door and he's a good guy. get stuff going on uh, around the Middle Tennessee area. I mean, I take that back. He's a groupie. He randomly shows up places where we're he at. He's the balls of the industry. He just <laughs> hangs around until somebody reaches for him. Uh, but no, he really is a good guy. Uh, so nice. we've got Northside Gun Shop, uh, Gatling Guns and Archery, King's Firearms and more. Uh, those are all in the middle, t- southern middle Tennessee area. Uh, going down to uh, south Georgia, we've got A&T Firearms. They, do, they are our distributor for online sales. Um, he has an outlet through his website that he handles that so as a manufacturer it's hard in the limited space that we have to run a manufacturing company a distribution company an online sales office a retail shop so we're trying to focus primarily on manufacturing that's why we refer everything through um, our local dealers but with that said makes sense um, as a special thank you to the guys here at talking lead and all the audience members um now through the 15th of next month you can call our shop directly and we will give you a special talking lead price if you mention uh, this episode so that would be july the 15th july the 15th 2014 and what number do they call uh you'd need to give us a call at 931-637-5015 we're gonna take good care of you just mention the episode number that the podcast is and you will go ahead and get you in line. Now, you guys have uh, a website also. Right? We do. Um, our website primarily is informational. We, um, mm-hmm. A lot of other companies use that to contact us. We don't. We're trying to get out of the direct retail aspect of it. And I know that sounds strange, but mm-hmm. do one thing and do it well. We want to make ammunition. Right. Um, we have channels in place to get the ammunition out to the resellers um, and to the retailers and to our online market, but. It's just there's so many hours in the day, and mm-hmm. trying at this point trying to do everything ourselves is, it, it's a bear. Mm-hmm. Now, the shipping alone, when we we went through that a few months ago, is just a nightmare. Mm-hmm. When you're sitting there having to ship, you know, a couple of hundred orders a day, it, it's ridiculous. And is the number on the website too? Uh, there is a number on the website as well. And what's the website? It is vetmadeammo.net. Okay. And we also have a Facebook page. Please go out and like our page. It's uh, Vet Made Ammo, and you'll see us and on we'll there. we'll put a link on our Facebook page, okay. too, so you yep. guys can get to it from there. Definitely will. Definitely when we post the show. We'd like to thank our sponsors. We would. I breathe really heavy. Just. <sighs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys have got to come out and shoot with us again soon. Yes, we You ain't got a twist arm. That. No. When do you want to go? <laughs> uh, let me get... I'm, Let's about do to it. run some very special stuff I don't really need to talk about on the air right now, but I think you'll be well pleased if you bring your ARs. Okay. Ooh. We'll go out and... Well, and I brought that one in. I showed you that. The, I've installed the Elfsman trigger on that, and it's the uh, TDS upper that Jason brought us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I put it on our 300 blackout lower that we'd built. So we don't have any 300 blackout ammo, so we won't be able to shoot it much, <laughs> but... Uh, we can take that out, test the trigger out, and uh, it's all speaking that. of 300 blackout ammo, there's another reloading company 
near Tennessee, <laughs> Mid South Munitions. I know y'all are listening. <laughs> yeah. We need some three hundred speci- blackout. You specialize in three hundred blackout. <laughs> I've heard good things about those guys. They're yeah. good guys. Yeah. We've interacted with them on Instagram a lot. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, we're game, man. We'll go. We'll do it. Right on. Awesome. So ICE training, ICE training dot us. Mm-hmm. All or nothing tattoo studios, all or nothing tattoo dot com, and they're a very gun friendly store for merchandise. Stranglehold dot com. Holder and Green Professional Real Estate Services, HG Press, for all your Middle Tennessee real estate needs. Give those gun-friendly guys and girls a call at 800-615-1840, extension pew, 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 pew. <laughs> also, don't forget Dax Bruner at Cantu Bruner Designs. Uh, they've got the bullet pins that he can custom make Is for that you. pin mine? Is that Did he make that for me? No, he made a bunch of those for a lot of people, but he knew that you're a zombie guy, and he knew you'd have a uh, excitement fit over that thing. <laughs> so is, is that like actually coming my way? I don't know about that. Oh, so he's just rubbing it in my nose. He's teasing you with it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Damn you, Dax. Damn you. <laughs> make sure you go to cantubrunerdesigns.com and check out those pins. Also, Savoy Leather, spelt Savoy, S-A-V-O-Y-L-E-A-T-H-E-R.com. And don't forget our AR, our t-shirt contest where we're giving away a Two Vets Arms AR. AR, The Bravo Bravo Rifle. Rifle. So you need to go to 1776 United. If you don't have your Talking Lead t-shirt yet, get one. Get one, and what what do they do? Just take some sort of crazy, cool, weird picture. We're going to have... Cool location, cool posing, you know, whatever. 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 We're we're judging you on the talent of this picture you'll take with your Talking Lead shirt. And there's going to be three places. The content, the originality, and just the overall badassery-ness of it. So, we've only gotten... What boobs, a handful of people that are, are the picture, saying they're going to do it. it you've got a you. you've got a really really big chance of winning this. What do you say they retail at? Twelve hundred bucks. Thir- I think thirteen hundred. Twelve or thirteen hundred dollar. But rifle. you also get a seventeen seventy six United T shirt mm-hmm. sticker package. Uh, Rob Hunter autograph. New hat. Uh, comic book. A new hat. Yep. And then their second and third place too. Yep. Which is kind of ratcheted down from that. Yeah, just go to our uh, Facebook page, Instagram page. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got it all posted there. Yep. See all the rules. Obviously, we shot NFA this rules rifle. apply. If yes. you can't legally own a firearm, then you're not going to get the AR. If you win, the second place person will get the AR, and then we'll make a new third place. And then it goes to me after that. <laughs> if <laughs> if, if none of the top ten can own a rifle, then it goes to left hand. <laughs> so, Kenny, man, we appreciate you coming in. Give that number out again so they can get that good discount, that talking lead discount. 931-637-5015. And make sure you mention the show so you get that nice little discount. And this is on. episode 74. Four. 74. You sure? Mm-hmm. I thought 74 was last one. No, I looked it up. Okay. Yep. And as always, left hand, keep your loved ones close and your firearms closer.